podcast is 20 episodes in. This is the 20th, if you were <laughs> confused. Yep. By that. Hi, I'm Heidi, and I have a trip coming up. Hi, I'm Rory, and I got 12th place at my CTSO state conference competition. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode except for this one, we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. This one, we're instead of picking a book, a movie, a music, which is what we normally do, mm-hmm. uh, we're both quite busy this this time. Yes. <laughs> this, this subsequent time. This, this mm-hmm. season preceding this recording. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to just have a chat about different things that we enjoy. Uh, but kind of more broadly, and not yes. it's basically one big wreck of the week. Yes. Um, we also asked our friends and family uh, who have to answer because they love us mm-hmm. for some questions that we can talk <laughs> about on the podcast. So this episode's kind of a, a different special, but I figure we've earned it. We've only done two real specials, yeah. including this one. So And it's the 20th episode, so it's allowed to be special. Booyah. We're calling it an extravaganza instead of hey. we thought about canceling yeah. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not the podcast, just <laughs> skipping this episode. Yes. <laughs> so it's the extravagance of still here, damn Go it. Go straight from 19 to 21. <laughs> <laughs> just to just pretend like it doesn't exist. But honestly, that's also how aging feels. It got lost. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't remember being 20. We forgot to upload it. We recorded it, just didn't upload it. Trust us. Okay, we're here. Um, hello. <laughs> can, can, you, can you give me a wreck of something? Uh, uh, yeah, can you start off the wreck? Segment. My, my top wreck is The Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Me and my mother binged it in two nights. I love your mom. I <laughs> yeah. She she um I had been wanting to watch it for a while, and I had pl- like I planned on doing homework that night, and my mom was like, "I want to watch this." I'm like, "I want to be able to watch it with you, but I don't know if I'll have time right now." And she's like, "I want to watch it," and then press play. And so I set aside all of my homework and waited until later to do it. But we got like five episodes in at that time. And all of them are about an hour long. So like five hours. Nice. <laughs> Noise. But um, oh, it's really good. It's like a superhero show. And this is like in the trailer slash first few minutes. So I don't feel bad spoiling this. But um, it's not a spoiler if it's in. Yeah. If exactly. it's implied strongly in the trailer, it's not a spoiler. Yeah, exactly. 40 something. um. Women who just, like, spontaneously gave birth, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. weren't pregnant at all. Shout and then, out like, to Anakin's mom. <laughs> weren't pregnant at all. And then spontaneously, like, grew to the third trimester and gave birth all at once. Oh, on the same day. And so there are, like, 40 of them. And this one dude tries to get all of them, and he only gets, like, seven. <laughs> like, he buys them. <laughs> and so, nice. yeah, so they're... Like raised as um, brothers and sisters, and there's seven of them, mm. and um, they all have like kind of powers, That's except fun. for Vanya, but who's the seventh? You don't even need Just powers if you're a musician. Yeah, music is a power. Yeah, I have it's a powerful. <laughs> I have a show wreck actually. Mm. I mm-hmm. need to finish it, so I can't recommend it super strongly. Mm-hmm. But I am very much enjoying Killing Eve mm. on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um. Sandra O oh is always great, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really, you know how I feel about a show that kind of takes the trope and just goes whoop. 
Yeah, I'm really like mm-hmm. there's a scene without I mean it's in the premise that she she's a spy. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where uh where her husband is like, "So where have you been?" and she's trying to make up excuses and then I work for MI6. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh, this is my kind of show." Like I haven't gotten all the way all the way in, but I I very much enjoy shows where at least at the outset there is a healthy marriage. I do not enjoy yeah. uh, plots driven by this marriage was already on the brink. Yeah, like I find that very uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, because you shouldn't be taking new and stressful jobs if you do not yeah. have a happy marriage for better or worse. Yes, but make it better. Before you intentionally make, <laughs> make it worse, it worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also you could interpret that that phrase as if you are not attempting to make it better, you are attempting to make it worse. Yeah. So I just I like a show that like at least at the outset, all of the yeah. married people are are contented with each other. Yeah. Um, as a single person, I find that very very much more interesting to watch mm-hmm. than um than people being like you know relationships aren't all they're cracked up to be, and it's like yeah we know we know. <laughs> It's called having parents. <laughs> <laughs> We've all seen <laughs> questionable relationships before. It's called meeting adults. Yes. Also, Vikings is now on Hulu, and mm-hmm. that is quite enjoyable. It is violent and fun and good. T- a good time. A good time. Yeah, my mom really likes violent shows, mm-hmm. like, very much. Um, There's only one type of, like... I like violence. I don't like, um, what's the word? Victim violence. Mm-hmm. Like, I really dig a good battle scene. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like the, yes, mm, yes, let us torture a victim who cannot escape. Like, I, I'm Ooh, I also like revenge violence. Ooh, revenge. That's good, mm, too. Vengeance is fun. Y- vengeance is fun. <laughs> Love <laughs> a good vengeance story. Cannot wait. Oh. Okay. What else do we have? to talk about I also have a music recommendation. Ooh, what is it? Which is the same as my TV show, The Umbrella Academy. Listen to the entire playlist. Netflix literally released the playlist of the show, like all the songs they used on Spotify. So they released it on Spotify. Like, it says by Netflix. (laughs) Like, it's very, (laughs) like... It gets official. (laughs) Netflix knows what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it starts with Hazy Shade of Winter. It's got like Istanbul in it. It's got Don't Stop Me Now. I love that song so much. It's got um what's that called? Hold on. Let me find that one song because I listened to it today, like the whole playlist. Mm-hmm. And this song mm-hmm. played and I'm like, "Wow, this is amazing." Uh Booty Swing <gasps> by Prof Stellar. Nice. Uh it's excellent. I'm just going to go through and find some like excellent, excellent um I think we're alone now. Booty Swing. Heat of the moment, Istanbul, uh, dancing in the moonlight, mm-hmm. which is so good. They also have a dance scene to that, so oh. like, like a choreographed scene. It's excellent. Um, yeah, don't stop me now. And then all the original compositions, because Vanya plays violin and like plays in an orchestra, so like all the original compositions are amazing as well. And those you can find in, like, an actual album that, like, the uh, Umbrella Academy album. But it's just, it's really good. I love violin. It's, this entire playlist is, like, a power playlist. After one scene in that show, A Hazy Shade of Winter is, like, my power song. So good. All the, like, all the violin is just, like, 
mm. such power violin. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't say much more about the violin without small spoilers. Yeah. So, it's just, like, a song would come up and it would be, like, a like a song would come up in a scene and it'd be, like, wow, this is amazing. And so, whenever I hear that song now, at least when I'm playing this playlist, I, like, can literally picture the scene because I remember the song so well. Oh, I love that. And, because like, because the song played and I was just, like, oh, my gosh, it's perfect. I love oh. this show. There's like a really cute scene where um, one of them like puts on a record mm-hmm. and y- the, you see him dancing and then like the the music's really loud. And so you see someone else dancing in another room like it goes t- and then it goes to like all the seven kids and they're all dancing or like adults. You know, mm-hmm. they're all dancing um, in different rooms of the house. And then it like backs up and it's like a splice of the house. And so you can see all the rooms together. Mm-hmm. Like y- it just backs up and then oh like nice. you can see them all at the same. It's really cute. And it's like really cool because they're all dancing differently. Oh, that's a, that's awesome. <laughs> In different rooms. I'm very excited to, to watch it. I'm it's excellent. As you know. Um, yes. I was very excited and then I was like, wait, am I not excited? I am, s- I am excited again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go off of that and do like a very throwbacky wreck because mm-hmm. thi- this is one of those, sh- this show I'm about to wreck is old enough that a lot of people will have just missed it. Like mm-hmm. it hits that era of like early 2000s where you just, you don't know to go back and find it. It's mm-hmm. an anime and it is done realistically. Mm-hmm. I think you'll dig it. I don't know if I've told you about this show. Gunslinger Girl? Mm, you have. Okay. Yes. So I will tell the, the podcast people. Hello. Uh, there are little girls who are adopted, quote unquote, by the social welfare agency in Italy mm-hmm. who are given cybernetic implants and brainwashing to make them weapons of the state. Love it. Yeah. So it's it. The art style is very um, season one, especially is super high art rather than uh, like the overdone anime style. Mm-hmm. The oldest girl is like 13, and she was not 13 when she was brought in. Um, it is very dark. It is it is not at all playing games with the, this feels very wrong. Yeah. Like, all of your adult handlers uh-huh. know that it feels wrong. Like, one of them is, tells another guy, like, you should give your fratella, because they call them, they call them fratello or uh-huh. siblings, you should give your girl a boy's name. It will make it easier when they go. <laughs> Like, don't give them a little girl's yeah. name. And so one of them gives, you know, like, a very sweet name, and it is difficult. Yes. So it's, um, oh, yes, I have to, I remember why I told yes. you about this. But it is just incredible, and it's a uh, operatic, uh-huh. A, operatic style music uh-huh. for most of it, except for they use two songs from Hate by the Delgados, one of them mm-hmm. in an episode opening. They use Woke from Dreaming, and yep. one of them uh, as the theme song. So... Like, that is the show that if you're going to go home and just, like, watch an episode of something, Gunslinger Girl, because you are a full-blown, like, when you were little, you were totally a Henrietta, and I very much (laughs) saw it. It was like, I am frightened! (laughs) I am frightened! (laughs) Oh. Um, Ooh, I like it. Yeah, it's it's really dark, but Mm -hmm. uh, I do like that that, uh, it's a show that... I haven't seen very many Western shows that are really good at this, like non-animes that are mm-hmm. really good at dancing on that line of like, this is totally badass and totally problematic. Right. Like, really hitting hitting right. both of those nails on the head. So, Gunslinger Girl. It's available on Netflix. For free. 
Hey. As in not on DVD. Yes. Um, I don't know if season two is on there. Also, season one is very much a standalone. Uh-huh. You can watch season two. Like, it does flow in. Right. But season one feels like it right. ends. Got it. So if you decided, like, okay, I get it. I yeah. Do. Season two is, like, a main arc, and season one is much more episodic. So. Got it. Both are great. Both are lovely. Uh, the manga is super dark, too. Hey. So dark. <laughs> so that's my show. Love a dark. I love a good dark. That's a show that I, uh, I th- when you, wa- a lot of these things, by the way, these are legitimate wrecks to each other. So yeah. we're probably going to have much longer segments on them when, yeah. when uh, the other one has actually seen it. Because yeah. obviously we can't do full show segments of things that both of us haven't seen or listened to or yes, read. Exactly. It's in the end credits. Reading and watching and listening and to all the things. All the things. Yes. I have an art rec while you're finding Ooh. your next rec. Yes. Uh, it's on Instagram. Nathan W. Pyle Strange Planet. Mm. Uh, Pyle spelled with a Y. But if you just search uh, at Nathan W. P-Y-L-E or Strange Planet... It'll probably come up, and it's basically someone doing basic human situations mm-hmm. uh, with alien type narration. Mm-hmm. So we have, for example, uh, two aliens doing the peekaboo game with a, uh, an alien doing peekaboo with a baby alien. Right. And the caption is, "Have I ceased to exist? Deception, I have not." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, there, like there are excellent, excellent ones mm-hmm. that are. They're all funny. Like, they're all very, very funny. But, uh, shoot, I'm trying to find my favorite. Oh, this is good. You'll appreciate this. Whoa, Alex, you look damaged. I was exposed to the nearest star. Ah, jealous. I feel more attractive. Honestly, you are. It's the star damage. I crave star damage. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's great. So, (laughs) uh, Strange Planet. It's a great new comic on, uh, on Instagram and Facebook and... And uh, Twitter. And it, it, is, it is quite good. I love it. Deception, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Deception, I have not. So if you don't read it in that voice, what are you doing? I mean, honestly, anytime aliens talk, pro tip in Deception, a comic. Deception, I have not. You should use the Galaxy Quest yes. aliens voice. Like, <laughs> you don't have to. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you what you have to do. I am telling you how to make things better. Why does your face malfunction? Request mutual limb enclosure. Permission granted. You are absorbing my face fluids. Let me absorb. <laughs> let me absorb. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Yep. All right. Your turn. What do we got? Idiot brain. Ooh. It's a book. <gasps> yes. You've recommend. Can I borrow that? Yes. Excellent. It's excellent. <laughs> um... After I get back from my trip, though, because I have a book that my dad recommended, mm-hmm. and I am seeing him, uh, so I have to actually finish it. Yeah, I figured you meant, like, at any time, can you borrow it? Literally, whenever. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, it's so good. It it kind of explains, um, it's a neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. Like, it's someone who has a doctorate, like a PhD in neuroscience. Oh, so, he's like, he, fi- mm. he very... <laughs> He knows what he's talking about. Oh, yes. Experts. But but he's saying it in like a way for like everybody to understand. Mm -hmm. And he does it so like he's so funny. It's a hilarious book. Mm -hmm. He just kind of talks about like in the intro how he always 
really liked learning and he was really interested by the brain and like every th- everybody else is so um like everybody else he talked to about it once he went to school was like very uptight and stuff and he's like i don't know i'm funny i wanted to talk about this thing that i love and like that i think other people should learn about because like our brains are so stupid everything is weird everything is so weird our brains are stupid like what what so Mm -hmm. um he basically yeah that's his intro but uh, the first few chapters are kind of about um, homeostasis, I believe. Mm. And he explains why we get carsick. Oh. So, basically. Is it not because all of us have the same dad who drives exactly the same? No. Mm. I feel like everyone on the planet has the same dad when it comes to curvy roads. Go on. Well, it's because um, there's a lot more like science terms to it, but... One theory is that it's um, when you are in a car or boat, you don't do the normal movement you do while you're walking. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're walking, you kind of, like, bounce or, like, kind of hop or make that, like, specific movement with your entire body. Uh-huh. And when you're in a car, you don't. So, when your eyes look out the window mm. and see that you're moving very fast, might I add. Mm-hmm. Your, um, your brain is the stupid part of your brain says, this isn't right. We must be poisoned. Oh, that makes sense. Only way your brain knows to react to poison is to excrete it through vomit. So you get car sick because your eyes are seeing something and your stomach is feeling something else. And your brain says, must be a lie. Somebody must have poisoned us. That and also like your stomach feels and your um your inner ear yeah your inner I ear I can see that what she was pointing at yeah <laughs> your inner ear that deals with um balance mm-hmm. because that's um that's how you balance and know where you are spatially mm-hmm. is your inner ear and like the fluids there tell you where you are in your spatial in space in spatial yes. relation. So that part is also saying, uh, guys, we're not doing the thing we usually do when we're moving far, fast. And so (laughs) it's also like, hey, something's wrong. And your brain's like, oh, I got you. That explains why uh, people don't get car sick when they're driving. Yeah. Like, yeah, because your feet are also doing like different things. You're also moving and stuff. And it also makes sense that, like, yeah. there is a thing I am doing that corresponds to the movement yeah. that I'm making as opposed to when you're a passenger. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. And it's, sub- it's such, like, a like a reptile brain is what we call it. Yeah. Um, it's the bean-sized part of the brain. <laughs> we, we the experts. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I Like, I read this book a while ago, and I re- reread it quite recently while nice. I was in the car, might I add. But, um, it's a choice. <laughs> but... I read it for, like, a competition, and so I've reread it a few times, and, like, I had to kind of analyze it and remember things, and so I d- remember a lot of it, and it was just, it's, like, really interesting. He's very funny. Um, he talks about, like, a lot of different things your brain does and why it does it, and mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, I wanted to write this so that other people could know, like, how stupid your brain is <laughs> <laughs> and why you do these things. 
<laughs> that you think are stupid because they are your brain just it's like it's a combination of your reptile brain and your like your new brain i forget where that is neocortex maybe i don't know the neo's new so yeah that's why i was thinking neocortex maybe yeah. I'm just, I'm laughing because while I still intend on reading the book, I do not need to read an entire book to know that my brain is stupid. Well, yeah. And, it's and just even why. how it is. <laughs> it's explaining different ways in which it is stupid. I like it. I like it. And like why it does the things that it does to your body. Ooh. And like, yeah, it's just, it's really cool. And it, it um, allows like other people to kind of, or like people who aren't, really um in that field or like experts mm. to get more knowledge on that and kind of think of like well maybe that's why that like fixes that or like maybe that's like oh so that's how that medication works mm. or like oh that's how that thing works it's yeah and like it allows other people to um i don't know some people at least what i did is i read that book and then there are like a few things in which I was like really interested in and I was like huh and so like I'll research more about that and then I'll like know more about other subjects and it's just it's cool yeah to me when I'm reading nonfiction to like that and where it like it still captures your attention because it's interesting but it's also funny and so if you're like not in the mood to read like just a like uh book 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 yeah. It's like, it's funny. And like, it actually makes me laugh. I like it. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's just, he's, he's good. I just started Disappearing Spoon by Sam Keen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Have you read that one? Mm-mm. It's, um, I think you'd like it. It's the one my dad recommended. Yes. And it's I know. the <laughs> table of elements, um, going through like different stories about each element on mm. the table. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Um, I just started it, but it's, it's really interesting. Just like the history of each element, as far as like the ones that had a really, strong uh myth to like mythos to them mm-hmm. and then other things that it's like are are new um which i really appreciate because the i it feels so weird to say but um the kind of greek god that i've always been like yep that's my jam is mm-hmm. mercury so mm-hmm. i'm like yep cool <laughs> yep cool, cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool you cool. know mercury the element being the one that he was first interested in, i'm like i'm already intrigued uh-huh. um so that's really cool it's but that that seems you know right up your alley as well yeah so i will uh i will finish it and let you know whether i think it is in fact yes. up your alley because i think it is right but i'm only like 30 pages in so yeah that sounds good enough to investigate yeah it's as it's me. also pretty breezy like mm-hmm. it's not as f- it's not super funny mm-hmm. but it's just interesting like right. he's very he's a very good story curator mm-hmm. as far as like this is the story that i'm telling you about this thing it's like oh mm-hmm. neat right I have a music, a music, a music. It is, I, we, I think I've met, I may have wrecked it before, but I'm going to wreck it again if mm-hmm. I did. And if I haven't, uh, great. Because yes. this is going to be a full length segment at some point. I think I, I've talked to you about it, but Exora mm-hmm. by Copeland. It has a second album, Exora Twin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the And you can download both on, you know, iTunes and Apple Music and Spotify and everything. So Exora and Exora Twin are... The same songs at the same tempo, but both of them have different arrangements of the songs. Mm-hmm. And so listening to one version versus the other is totally different. Yeah. Like they're not at all the same yeah. experience. And you can also, it is possible to listen to them together, mm-hmm. either by 
using two CD players or, you know, two sets of speakers. Um, there's also a few people on YouTube who have spliced it together in things like GarageBand. Right. And uh, so I actually downloaded it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, how I did it exactly is kind of backdoor, but eh. <laughs> they also like right. made it quite clear that they they want people to listen to them together as well yeah. as separately. Um, and that's just the coolest thing I've ever friggin' heard. Yeah, I think that's really so cool. neat. I've also like listened to them too, and they're really good. And yeah. it's like really interesting and cool to. Like, yeah, have you listened to Twin two. as well, or just mm-hmm. just yeah? About the same time as as you discovered it, you like recommended it to me, and I yeah. listened to it. Yeah, I like both, um, mm-hmm. for sure. But I I think it's really neat that they did it. Not only like an alternate version, but right. an alternate version that can be listened to yeah. in conjunction, which is like so smart. Such smart. Yeah. Wow. It also really, um, for me, makes that meta that I have in my head that the Exora album is about being in in a serious relationship and kind of trying to understand Mm -hmm. that. Like, just getting married and realizing, like, oh, crap, I'm married. Right. Um, (laughs) Twin and the way that Twin versus uh, Exora interact feels Mm -hmm. very much like, yep. Right. Yep. Um, Like, one song for example, sounds very mellow in one version, mm-hmm. super mellow. And in the other version, it sounds like something is about to happen every single second. Mm-hmm. And when you combine them, you can't quite put your finger on what's going on. Like, there's this weird right. tension both on and under the surface. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's just insane. So, that has been really fun to listen to. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's just it's so, it's so good. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's like, wow. Also strongly yeah. recommend watching Twilight just for fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not good. Right. But if you uh, if you are too young to have caught that craze when it was being taken seriously, good news. You can take good it not news. seriously. The best news. <laughs> like, it just, it's so nostalgic mm-hmm. for me. And I can like it for nostalgia because I was never really into yeah. it. So yeah. I get to just be like, oh, yay. Also, the Jonas Brothers are back. So early 2000s are having a day. Yep. Oh, man. You ever had a crush on some a celebrity c- every year since you were like yeah. 10? I'm mm-hmm. really, yep. I'm not, I'm not revealing which Jonas Brother. <sighs> I'll give you a hint. It's not Kevin. It's never been yeah. Kevin. It's never Kevin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, Kevin <laughs> is the Ringo of the group. Also, Kevin was in a serious relationship, like, from the beginning. Yeah. A very serious relationship. And he was so much older. Yeah. Like, it's one thing to be, like, 12 and have a crush on a 15-year-old. Yeah. It's another thing to have a crush on a 20-year-old. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. Compare, like, it felt much grosser. Yeah. To me, at least, so. Right. Shall we transition to the second segment of this show? Mm-hmm. All right. Questions from our listeners. We have them on our phones. Uh... We're just going to go through the different ones and just ask them back and forth. Mm-hmm. All right. Is Frida Kahlo overrated? Do you have an opinion? I just think she's like mainstream, but I don't, I don't think she's overrated. I kind of like, I like, I do like her art. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, hard. I think just a lot of people know her now and like a lot of people mix up mainstream and overrated. Yeah. And, like some people are rated just the amount that they need to be rated mm. or like mm-hmm. some people are, um, overrated by certain people mm-hmm. but not like as a whole like they are good mm-hmm. they just yeah but i i like frida Kahlo. my mom really um she takes a lot of art inspiration from her mm-hmm. 
And uh, I've learned <laughs> that she's been in a crafty mood. So, yeah. Yeah, Frida Kahlo for me feels very, um, I don't want to say overrated because, one, like you said, mm-hmm. if everybody likes something, they're like, well, yeah, she's not my favorite, but I really do like her. Yeah. Like, she's on my list. Then she's not overrated. People just like her. The other thing is, I feel like Frida Kahlo and John Green have this in common. Yeah. And it's that the mythos of their person mm-hmm. is in some ways more the art than their art. Yeah. Like, with the exception of Turtles All the Way Down, I feel like John Green is much better at being John Green the persona than he mm-hmm. is as an author. Mm-hmm. I am willing to go on that. It's not saying he's a bad author. Mm-hmm. Like, his books are, are quite nice. It's that his person is, like, his person is a performance, mm-hmm. and he's quite good at being John Green. Right. And I think that Frida Kahlo's Frida Kahlo-ness is more interesting in a lot of ways than her actual paintings. Yeah. So while this painting or that painting might be maybe more respected than I think it should be, mm-hmm. um, she herself is definitely not overrated. She is a brand. Yeah. And, and she's also, like, done a lot of things. Yeah. Like, she, she was a big She did She deal. wasn't an author, like, author. <laughs> she, she was not an author. No. she's not, She wasn't, like, an artist right now. Like, she was an artist a little while ago. And mm-hmm. so, like, it was different situations. Yeah. And so, like, she painted through different situations and she painted, uh, like, about different things for her. And, like, that were a lot more meaningful then than they are now. Mm-hmm. And that's and what I so mean. so that means, like, it's they still hold meaning because of that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about martyrs. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone killed them. Mm-hmm. And so for Frida, for me at least, it feels very much like now we look back and we're like, wow, Frida Kahlo is such a big deal. But it's like there's a reason it was a big deal. And it's because nobody yeah. wanted to hear it at the time. Yeah, like, exactly. To to refuse to be fetishized and to insist that disabled women are sexual, sensual, thinking beings mm-hmm. should not be controversial, but it yeah. was and in many ways still yeah, is. exactly. Like, she painted through, like, pretty important things and about pretty important things. Yeah. So, that's our answer. I the feel answer like is no. she's rated enough. Yeah. So. <laughs> our answer is no. Frida Kahlo is not overrated. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. Yeah. Books that should never be turned into movies. Ooh. Uh, all involved. It should be a show. Mm-hmm. It, it needs mm-hmm. to be a miniseries if it's going to be anything. Right. Um, most Toni Morrison books I don't think are movie friendly. Right. Okay. Um, in part because so much about what... A lot of books where what they rely on is the voice of the yeah. narrator's inner thought life. Yeah. Um, a lot of those books are not movie friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh to use an example from earlier, Twilight was a passably okay, like, beach read. Like, it wasn't ever great, but it was fine. Because the narrator had, everything was centered around around Mm -hmm. listening to the narrator's thought life. That does not play in movies very well most of the time. So, a lot of those stories, I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? No. That is that is my first instinct answer is all involved, almost all of Toni Morrison. Um, any oh, Taming of the Shrew. I think it should be done. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can <laughs> Let's leave that one in the pile. A lot of book movies don't work because there are too many. Hmm. A lot of them are screw tape letters. Oh, ooh yeah no that no. should not be a movie. Like several of the like the Great Divorce, like those t- Ooh, those great types divorce. of books, <laughs> like those types of books that are I'm like kind of. Imagine the Great Divorce <laughs> as a movie. 
Yeah, like those uh. types of C.S. Lewis books. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, no. Mm, you know what would be a gut-wrenching book? Hmm. Turned into movie? Grief Observed. Fair. I feel like that one could be a movie, but it would be very difficult. Yeah. There's a lot of books that I'm like, ooh, you could make this into a movie, but... You just have to do it exactly right. Yeah. And here's here's the thing. This is this is a very strong. I'm willing to hold this and keep it. Mm-hmm. You should not be making a book into a movie if you do not love the book. Yeah. Because I feel like loving the thing will tell you what can change and what can't. Yeah. Like if you deeply care about the original, the the book, yeah. um you will translate it because it is a translation, it's not just mm-hmm. an adaptation. You will translate it accurately. Yeah. Or at least reasonably for the screen or for the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're like I'm going to make this because I should, but you don't deeply love the original, yeah. you're going to screw it up. See yeah. also Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings versus Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. Yeah. Okay, that's yep. Uh yep. books you would like to see turned into movies? Safe. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ooh, I would actually prefer to see Air. Going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I would love to see I want to see Air so bad. Like I want to watch that movie now. <laughs> yeah, see like I would watch Safe and I would be stoked. Yeah. But Air is one that I would just I'd die. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd go to see that in the theaters. Yeah, that's something like, I would kickstart back. Yeah. Like, safe, I'd be like, yay. Air, I'd be like, no, 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 no. How much money do I need to throw at this project? Yes. That's one. C.S. Lewis's Till We Have Faces. I would love to see a movie. I would also love to see all seven Narnias. Yeah. Um, And, like, have them planned. Yeah. And I, I've, as you all listeners know, I love the 2005 version of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I would also love to see a reboot starting with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe yeah. and just doing all seven back to back to back to back. Yeah. Netflix. You Netflix. can do this. We know you can do this. You have the money. I would love to see uh, like an HBO series of the Silmarillion too. Mm-hmm. Like... And I know that Amazon currently owns the rights to early Lord of the Rings. I'm not talking about, like, just before Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. I mean, like, deep first age stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that would be neat. Yeah. If we didn't win World War One, how do you think the music, the world would... If we didn't win World War One, how do you think the music the world in the world would have changed in the 1920s? Like, what flappers and the emergence of the Harlem Renaissance still... Would the f- sorry some there's some typos in this one yeah <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what the typos were supposed to be like would flappers and the emergence of the Harlem Renaissance still have taken place and in the capacity it did well World War One is weird mm-hmm. like World War One is basically a middle school burn book yeah. that got out of control like. Yeah. If Germany hits you, I will hit Germany so hard. Hey, if France hits me, will you hit back? Yeah. Like, just exploded. Yeah. The the If you assign a middle school character to each country in World War One, the whole thing makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think America, had we not won World War One, I, I don't think we would have gotten involved unless it was clear that yeah. we were going to win. Like, yeah. we got... Because we waited. We got involved while. so late. So yeah. Um, so I think it wouldn't have affected the United States. If there was no World War One, there would have been no Holocaust. Yeah. So if if Germany yeah. had won, because World War Two World War Two was really just World War One after twenty years yeah. off. Like yeah. um in 
I, I'm convinced just looking at like the War of the Roses and other, yeah, you know, the Punic Wars, whatever. Like in a couple hundred years, World War One and World War Two will be conjoined as like one long war mm-hmm. with a twenty-year yeah. ceasefire. Because that's much more accurate to what actually yeah. happened. <laughs> like, Germany, quote, lost, and then yeah. had a new charismatic leader take over, and then he lost. Yeah. With no quotes. Yeah. They, um, Remember, the Nazis are the biggest losers in history. Don't be a Nazi. Yeah. I feel like I want to get that on every episode of this podcast. Yeah. That we hate the Nazis. <laughs> that is I don't care for those new Nazis, and you can quote me on that. Yeah. We love Princess Leia, and we don't care for Nazis. <laughs> Those are the only real strong political stances we will take. Also, the previous line about, I don't like these new Nazis. That was a John Mulaney quote, and I quoted him. I quoted him on the quote that he was like, and you can quote me on that. And Mm. I feel very proud that I was able to finally get that in. I'm so happy. So, um, Mm. yeah. And I know 1920s floppers was a lot more about the women's suffrage movement Mm -hmm. than the um, World War One. Yeah. I think World War One would have stayed in Europe mm-hmm. uh, plus Canada, yeah. basically. <laughs> Europe plus Canada because at the time Canada was still much more united to Britain. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think that would have affected things that yeah, much. Although too. I do think that desegregation would have taken a lot longer. Yeah. And the reason for that is that uh, a lot of people's opinions on African-American rights mm-hmm. changed when they were yeah. fought with them. Like. Yeah. How is it different? And, and a lot of African-Americans um, were able to make the argument that, yeah. like, hey, we served in the same platoon, yeah. and now we're not allowed to use the same bathroom. Yeah. We could share a foxhole, but not a bathroom. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and that argument in both World War One and II um, did did get made. So I think that the Harlem Renaissance would have still happened, yeah. but a lot of a lot of things would have happened much more slowly in America regarding race. Mm-hmm. Uh, anti-Semitism would have been a lot bigger. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I think that, and I, I all of this makes it sound like I think that uh, World War II was a good thing. I do not. Yeah, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, um, no, no. We're just saying the things that it had, like, it did for America. Yeah. Uh, everything would be different if things were different. I also, like, small <laughs> thing on, like... <laughs> I think the biggest music influence wasn't the World War One. It was definitely Vietnam War. Like it was definitely the biggest uh, music influence on, um, like at least in America. B- and I know I really like that music because that's a big thing my um, history yeah. teacher drilled into us is that like music was very important and influential at that specific time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. And so we listened to that in class and like kind of studied how that had been. Mm-hmm. Um, influential the really the really interesting one for me is uh would prohibition still have happened Mm -hmm. which i i'd need to look it up and i don't know but that's the one that i think had prohibition never happened i think that other things would have changed yeah in in a massive way in america much more than whether if we hadn't gotten involved in the first world war um i think that things would be would be similar but different yeah uh, and every everything would be different had the first world war ended differently. Yeah. And to use a Dana Joya quote that we've quoted before, as if life would be better just by being different. Mm. Not necessarily, just not better, yeah. just different. Not better, just different. <laughs> Possibly better. It's history is so damn complicated. <laughs> history is complicated and uh we don't know enough about history. We know a bit about history, but mm-hmm. we don't know enough to be uh, the predictors of what would have happened if certain things didn't happen. Yeah. That being said, 
the question specifically about the 1920s, which was right after World War One, I, I feel yeah. confident in answering that things would have pretty much gone the way yeah. they did, and that prohibition was a much bigger effect on on things in the United yeah. States. At least than like the big flapper movement, the, the flapper stuff. movement, um, and also the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. Really, ev- almost everything in New York that happened mm-hmm. during the 20s was much more reliant on prohibition yeah, than the war. So yeah. we're going to go with, in the 20s, the thing that would have made a difference is prohibition, prohibition. not necessarily yeah. uh, whether or not we got involved with World War One because yes. we were there for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite soundtracks or playlists for movies, TV, miniseries, etc., and why? You've already mentioned the Umbrella Academy one from Netflix, but are there other ones? Um... I really like scores. Mm, okay. I think that's my recommendation of the week. Is look at like listen to the scores in like TV shows and movies that you really like cuz you'd be surprised like it's not the main thing you focus on when you're watching the thing. It is if you're my dad. Well, yeah, but it's different. <laughs> 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 it's like for most people it's not the main yeah. thing you're focusing on. But like if you listen to it separately, it's like really amazing and it can like pull you into that world without you even have having to like be in front of a tv or like a phone or a screen at all like except for you know music screen thing yeah yeah your music your music player can take you uh to the world yes i agree yeah and it's a big like it's a big fun thing that you can do just to like step into that world or the personality or quality you feel Mm -hmm. whenever you watch that thing because like scores are excellent black panther score excellent oh my god Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just wow. So good. Like, it's so good. So many scores are really good, and you just don't focus on it. But when you listen to it separately, like, violins are amazing. And mm. every time I hear one, I just, like, I get pulled into that. Sorry, I'm it. looking up a score yeah. now to see, if it, to see if it's there because it's such a good – I don't want to wreck yeah. it specifically until I'm 100% yeah. sure it's available. But, um, but yes, scores. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I just recommend listening to scores because it's not, like – they don't have lyrics, but when you listen to them separately, it's just, it's um, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And it gives you a higher appreciation for, like, other music and art. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can, like, pick apart things that are important. And, like, it, show it shows you how music can drive a plot. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. like, if you're into musicals and all that, like, you can see the types of things they do with the music to fit within the, um, uh, plot or circumstances so like how um how music sounds sad like why does it sound sad what makes it sound sad or happy or exciting and scores really help to drive that i agree 100 (laughs) percent. i am also going to plug the playlists that we have made uh or that i have made on spotify uh for the books that we've talked about i am also making sure that i uh okay i found it uh, the score for Outlaw King is fantastic, and you should do it. You mm-hmm. should listen to it. Y'all should listen to mm-hmm. it. It's so good. Okay. And... Who took the fall for the midichlorians in Star Wars is a question we got. You have to answer that one. Yep. Okay. So here's the deal. Um, with... The original Star Wars trilogy, it was it was actually pretty collaborative in its actual production. 
like George Lucas was not given free reign. Unfortunately, when they made the prequels, they thought that George Lucas was a genius because other people had told him, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's George Lucas. It's George Lucas's fault. Mm-hmm. And he did take the fall all the way down to selling to Disney. And Disney has made the best of a bad situation. I'm willing to go on record. Star Wars is not smart. Star mm-hmm. Wars is emotional and fun and delightful. It's excellent. We love it. Don't we, get us wrong. We love Star Wars so much. The more you analyze Star Wars and try to find some like brilliant overarching the more you sound ridiculous. Yeah, Just admit that it. you like watching people fight with glow sticks. It's yes. fine. You're Just al- admit it. You're allowed to like to watch triangle ships shoot lasers at each other while two people fight with glow sticks on the planet below. That is an excellent, excellent idea. You're allowed to like the things you like because you like them. Mm-hmm. I believe we have said this a few times. We're going to say it every We're episode gonna, until yes. y'all get it. And by y'all, I don't mean our listeners, because you guys are actually delightful. Yeah. I mean uh, the entire internet. Yes. All all them. Yep. That's the whole answer. Yeah, that's it. That's the opinion. Um, I got this question. Were the Beatles high when they wrote that song about singing in the morning? Hmm? Which song? The song about singing in the morning. That is so unspecific. I know. <laughs> Do you know what song there that your your person was? No. No. Wow. Yep. Yeah, we can skip that. I didn't know if you would know it or not. So. The answer is yes. If it was written <laughs> uh, after the Beatles came to America, yes. Because after Bob Dylan introduced them to weed, they were continuously high. Yeah. The only song that I know specifically uh, had a like a funny history is "Come Together." Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Where it, no, sorry, not "Come Together." I am the Walrus. Where yes. John wrote it deliberately because somebody told him that their teacher had made them analyze Beatles lyrics in a poetry class. <laughs> so he decided to troll that <laughs> kind of teacher. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like, I wish there were more artists that did that. Yeah, it's either what? Come Together or I Am the Walrus. Yeah. I think it's I Am the Walrus, though. Yeah, it's probably I Am the Walrus. Oh. <laughs> and also, uh, a lot of Beatles lyrics are... Uh, a lot of Beatles lyrics are just deliberately funny or referencing the yeah. Paul is dead theory, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, the Beatles made themselves into a meme, which is just excellent. Excellent. Great I job. Go them. The only other fun fact I can think of for Beatles lyrics is Hey Jude was originally Hey Julian. Mm-hmm. And it was written to make Julian Lennon laugh because his parents were getting divorced. So <laughs> Paul like made up a silly little like cute song. Yeah. And then it became Hey Jude. Aww. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. The chimples. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, uh, springtime and Hitler, f- springtime for Hitler in Germany. A bop or nah? I haven't listened to it, so I don't know. Mm, it's absolutely a bop, but I don't know if now is the time to do that musical. Like the, there mm. are certain times where it's like mm, that joke was not going to yeah. play, and I'm not sure that that joke will play right now. Yeah, got so, it. So, yep, that's the whole thing. So, is it a bop? Yes. Is it a problematic bop? Depending on who you are, quite possibly. Mm, right. Okay, I'm reminded of a, I want to say John Milton, but it could be John Locke quote. Hmm. The devil, that proud sprite, he cannot bear scorn. So uh, making fun of evil, evil people is okay. Yeah. Like, that's actually a great way to tell if someone is ill-intentioned is if they can't take a joke about something they definitely, like, if they can't take a joke about themselves at all. Yeah. uh, Probably something's up. They're probably evil. (laughs) 
honestly, <laughs> all of the crazy dictators are like, I will kill you if you fall asleep during my speech. So they right. can't even take people being bored by them. Yeah. Much less thinking that they're amusing. Yes. Woof. My mom wants to know uh, if we know how cool she is. Yes, definitely. My mom is the every badass time. of the family. Oh, every time. Yep. Every time, all of the time. My six foot plus extremely muscled father is a huge nerd. And my uh, manic pixie dream girl type mom is the <laughs> family badass. So <laughs> <laughs> we're doing good. <laughs> oh, definitely. Both of my parents are nerds and both of my parents are kind of badasses. And it really, it really um, is because my mom's an Aries that it shines through. Mm. Like her Aries shines through sometimes, and it's like, but she's so organized. And I'm like, okay, but have you seen her get stuck on something? Like she'll just go for it. She's such an Aries, but um, that's the neither here nor there. Oh, that is very much here. <laughs> that is very much here and there. I'm reminding myself that my extremely nerdy father. Uh, used to boogie board off of eight foot plus waves at one yep. of the more dangerous breaks on Maui. So perhaps I have underestimated his badassery. Yeah, see, both of my parents are nerds and badasses, but like it seems like one is the badass. Like it seems like my dad's just a badass, but he's such a nerd. Mm -hmm. And then it seems like my mom is like just kind of a nerd, but she's also like. I have to tell her to put down the knife because she's going to cut herself. And I'm like, Mom, put it down. Mom, She's like, yeah, it's good. Oh, Mom, you put mean it down. You mean contextually that she is doing something unsafe with the knife, not that she is attempting self-harm. Yes. Great. Yes. Because that, that, that needed context, but we got it. Okay. All right. We have questions from my mom. My phone's trying to delete my conversation with my dad. <laughs> That's a little rude, but okay. Um, how is it that, uh, you and I are able to banter off each other so well and just talk off the cuff together so well? Many, many years of friendship. Yeah. Being family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of prep. Yeah. For the podcast, for sure, but also for, like, we spend a lot of time with each other's interests. Yeah. Um, and we spend a lot of time trying to understand each other's interests. Like, I definitely spend a lot of time trying to understand the sciencey side of things, and you've <laughs> read so much poetry. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that we don't, not that we have all different interests, but where yeah. our interests are different, we try to become literate in yeah. each other's things. Where it's like we're passionate. The Venn diagram of what we're passionate about overlaps a bit, quite a bit. But yeah. we try to at least become, you know, literate. Um, and fluent in, in, in each other's interests. Yeah. And just kind of listen. Mm. We you're both listen very well. Yeah. You're a very good listener. <laughs> I, it, you, you listeners may or may not know, or may or may not have guessed, it's because I don't like talking a lot. Mm. So I'm okay at listening. My grandmother calls me an observer mm. and not a doer. And I yeah. agree. Um, and then my mom also commented on that at some point while we were painting the set. She's like, how can you guys talk for so long <laughs> at mm -hmm. a time? We're like, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. 
we both are very interested in a lot of different things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which means we both constantly have things to talk about that are either the same or new. Mm-hmm. And we both like to talk about things we like with each other. And so that'll go on forever. And then we both like to teach each other and like kind of explain things that we like that the other doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And that takes forever as well. And so also we're kindred spirits. Don't you yeah. have people you talk to? Yeah. You talk, talk to people. people. Talk. Yeah. Conversations. And going off of that, what are some qualities to look for in friendships? Uh, loyalty. Mm. <laughs> loyalty is a big one. Loyalty. <laughs> Acceptance. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. Understanding. Especially people who uh, who are willing to just be, who are willing to accept the ways in which you are different from them, mm-hmm. and just be like, "That's who you are, boo boo." Yeah, being able to relate to someone, mm-hmm. even if you're not similar. Going back to Binti. Mm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, being able to find a way to map on people who are willing to map onto your experience, even if they don't share it. Yeah. Like, I can find, like, empathetic people. Really, honestly, like, be friends with good people who <laughs> share some of your interests. Yeah. Um, d- salvation friendships don't work. Yeah, no. Like, uh, people who are sucky people are not the people to be friends with. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole story. That's that's the story. And, uh having a lot of friends is a lot less important than having friends who are there and and present Mm -hmm. i do not have a huge quantity of friends but a lot of them are really good and also i um got this notification from my app costar Mm -hmm. which is like a like an astrology app i like astrology doesn't mean i believe in it i just like it i like to have it Mm -hmm. so one of the things was it's okay if you are a different person around different people like, you are different versions of yourself around different types of people. And I think that's completely fine. Like, you're allowed to have your school friends. They don't. You don't have to have completely close friends for all of your friends. Like, they don't all have to be your best friends. Like, yeah. you can have people who, like, I love talking to this person in class. Like, this is, like, she's mm-hmm. very funny. And, like, we have a lot of classes together. And it's really, like, cool. And we know a lot about each other because of it. And because we've been around each other a lot. Like, it's okay to have friends like that. And, um... They're also important. Yeah. That and also, like, if you think of, um, I don't know, either colors or flavors, like, things look very different in different contexts. Yeah. And personalities come out differently in different contexts. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with being more vibrant around certain kinds of people. Like, there are some people who I am kind of more my Josephine March characteristics come out and it's like okay Heidi slow down and there are other people who I am the voice of reason and it Mm -hmm. really just depends on like what the group needs because I feel like most groups of people try to find equilibrium so yeah and like my theater people or at least like the ones that haven't known me since I was seven (laughs) um like they don't exactly know how um academic I am and how like very intense I am about my grades and all that, and like they <laughs> they think I'll probably do like I do good in school, but not excellent. And then um, people at my school don't entirely like understand my theater world and like entirely get it. Most mm-hmm. of them know about it now that I've shared more, but yeah. oh, she's opening up <laughs> now that there's Great only experience. less than two years left to deal with it. <laughs> good girl. It, it, it reminds me of something a professor said about me in a group of people, which I hold so dearly because it was so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that overlap between creativity and like competency, just mm-hmm. like sit down and do it. But yeah. in being able to do that with creative work, which 
not everyone can do. But yeah, it's a bit of a tangent. Basically, uh, what I look for in friendships is that it's someone I can be loyal to in the right context. Yeah. And and someone that specifically I think that's important to mention. Someone I feel like I can be loyal yeah. to. Not just someone who's loyal to me, but someone yeah. who I'm willing to be like I I am okay with other people realizing I'm friends with them. Yeah. Um I am I am willing to stick up for them a little bit yeah. in whatever context would be appropriate. Someone who is clearly like it's a two-sided friendship. Mm-hmm. I just need it to be a two-sided friendship. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. Yeah. All right. I think that's all the questions we got. Yes. Do you have any last minute questions for me? No. <laughs> mm, I do. Oh. Are we did it, we're going to the grocery store, right? Yes. That's what we decided. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I can go on record. All right. <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> on for for record, we went on the record to the grocery store and not fa. Yes. Just so you know, so you're not worried about us or anything. Roll credits. Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from his EP It's Okay to Be Sad. This podcast is produced and edited by me. Uh, both Rory and I do pre-production by reading and watching and listening all the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on iTunes and or become a supporter on Patreon. Uh, we really appreciate that. This is merch. Follow along on Instagram and Twitter at spoilers underscore ahead. And we'd love to hear from you. Send us your messages, your thoughts, your concerns. And your Rex of the Week. Happy 20! Okay, bye!